I put such high expectations on myself just because it, it just doesn't seem like it should be any less. Yeah. And I think we spoke, we spoke last week about this where it's like, you know, what's the bare minimum I can do right now? You know, yeah. like I don't want to, I don't want to burn out. I don't want panic attacks. I don't want anxiety. I want to, I want bare minimum so that my mental state is healthy. Hello and welcome everyone to Her Money Club Stories. My name is Rachel Minnie. I am the founder of Her Money Club. The intention for these beautiful discussions is to really collect women's journeys around how they've overcome various challenges with money and how life and money unfold together. In Her Money Club, we discuss a lot about aligning life strategy with um, the purpose of money in our lives and how we can create thriving lives together. And that is a process and a journey. So I want to collect all of these lovely, amazing women's stories for you so that you can also be along on the ride and, and, and know and trust that we're on the adventure together. So today we have with us Nicole Gray from Box Community, which I'm really excited to have you on, Nicole, and just learn more about you and hear your story and journey with money. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to get to know you a little bit better, do you want to share maybe a little bit of who you are, where you are, and what you're up to in the world? Cool. So as you mentioned, I'm Nicole Gray. Um, I'm in South Africa at the moment. And basically, I'm the founder of Boxed Community, which is a virtual co-working space, um, which basically promotes ongoing learning, um, facilitated networking and um, community building. Love it. Love it. I am a huge fan of Box Community and really excited for your expansion into the U.S. and other areas. And even right now, just the journey that you're on in really serving entrepreneurs. And I love how you even describe it as creative entrepreneurs who really want to stay connected. So we can talk a little bit about that at the end. But today, I really would love to hear a little bit about maybe some of your past history with money. And if you want to maybe discuss your journey, even into entrepreneurship, because I know you had a, a job and like jump in, jumped into creating this box community, maybe a little bit before and during and after some of that journey specific to money. Okay. Um, well, from a very young age in my high school years, uh, my brother-in-law actually put me on the entrepreneurial journey so he was always about having your own business it's the best way to have a sustainable future for yourself and um, you know it was a very different way of thinking as opposed to you know the majority who think a career is sustainable and it's stable and all of this kind of thing whereas you know the reality is with a business you control what happens right um, so it was really interesting so he kind of put me on that journey and um from there, I moved into, you know, studying hospitality and working in retail. And my first business I actually launched in um, 2010. I was a makeup artist. And I think when I say launched my business, it was a very, you know, freelance makeup artist, very small business, not a real business, to be fair. I think this is the first time I've really kind of started a real business. Mm -hmm. um, I think those were just kind of test runs for this. 
And I think my relationship with money kind of, it was pretty similar throughout the years in the sense that my parents always told me I was a spendthrift and I would always go for the most expensive thing on the menu. And it was not my fault that that was what was exciting me. Right. Um, I didn't search for the highest price thing. It just looked like it needed to be eaten by me. Um, so I really had this, this idea that, you know, I couldn't manage money. Like this is what my, my parents kind of instilled in me that, you know, when you have money, you blow it, all of this kind of thing. But what I hadn't realized was even though this was the mentality, I was almost on this journey to prove them wrong. Still in high school, I actually worked for my brother-in-law and um, I helped in the manufacturing of uh, stencils. And when I was doing that, I actually saved enough money for a phone. So I got my first phone and I, I bought it myself and this kind of thing. And my folks were just confused. They just didn't understand mm -hmm. how this could happen. And this continued to happen that I would save for specific things. And because they had said, you know, you're a spendthrift, I'd be very careful with my money mm -hmm. and would tend almost to go for cheaper things too. Now, because I've been told you go for too expensive things, you need to go for the cheaper things um, or be more careful, let's say. Mm -hmm. So um, throughout my, my kind of money journey, if I can put it that way, it was always mm -hmm. kind of this up and down, not, not believing that I knew how to manage money when the evidence was actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when it came to my, my, um, employment versus businesses, I was in and out constantly. I didn't, I couldn't figure out where I fitted in. I was constantly working with creatives and in some kind of startup world type scenario, but I never quite found my niche until I started working in a physical co-working space in London. And that's when I was like, oh my goodness, I'm around the best types of people, entrepreneurs, you know, they're super like open-minded and I just love the energy of it. And it was really interesting because I have two sisters and my, my dad was an amazing saver of money. Like he really provided for us. He was so careful. We couldn't go on all of these nice holidays and extravagant <laughs> dinners and this kind of thing, but he was super careful on how he saved and what he invested for us. Mm -hmm. So what was really beautiful was that he created this kind of safety net for us so that, you know, if something happened when we got older and this kind of thing, we would have this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my two sisters, they got married and they decided, you know, they're going to, they're going to use the money to buy a house, which was amazing. And I don't even know where I want to settle down. Mm -hmm. Why would I ever buy a house? You right. know, like that doesn't make any sense to me. I decided I would rather use the money to bet on myself. And that was a really interesting journey because my mom was like, no, you cannot have access to this money ever. Um, that is the worst decision that we could possibly make. You know, my dad was a little bit more trusting in me mm -hmm. and my mom, I had to have a conversation with my mom to say, do you know what? I'm going to take X amount of money out. And when that money finishes, I have to get a job. Okay. It's simple as that. I'm going to take this bet on myself, but mm -hmm. if the money finishes, Mm -hmm. I'll get a job. And I remember I was living in my own place in Johannesburg and I was using the money for my rent and to, to develop my business. And I got to a stage where I was like, I actually just want to travel. Like, what if I use this money to travel 
and see what happened with that. Mm -hmm. And it literally changed my life. Mm -hmm. So, and then I had to get a job um, (laughs) because the money did run out eventually as it does. Um, But those five months of traveling totally changed my world because I was traveling by myself across nine different countries in Europe. And it was just amazing. Um, And then when I got to the UK, I remember starting working and all of this kind of thing. And I loved my job. I loved the company I was working in, but I found eventually that we didn't align. Our goals didn't align. And um, sometimes that happens and it's not a bad thing. It's just that, you know what, I want to take this entrepreneurial route to a different kind of pathway. And when I was working, I was living with a thousand people as you do as an immigrant yeah. in London. And, uh, you know, I just wanted my own place. That's all I wanted. I just, mm-hmm. that's all I wanted. And I could afford it. But in me affording it would mean that I couldn't save for me to start my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's, I'm sure you can <clears throat> probably tell me um, what the, the barrier or not the barrier, the safety net should be mm-hmm. if you leave your job to, to starting your own business how many months you should have kind of available to you. And, you know, I just decided, you know what, you're going to suck it up because you want to start this business. What is more important to you? Yeah. And eventually I got to the stage where I was able to leave my job and I came back to South Africa and I thought, you know what, I'm going to be here for six months just to get this thing going. And um, I'm still here because COVID was like, no, 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 you can (laughs) for a little while longer but that has really helped with the pressure of starting a business Mm -hmm. it's made me more able to kind of not have the additional expenses that I would have had if I had gone back to the UK Mm -hmm. so it's been a really interesting journey Um, at the moment I've now started doing something in my my business where I'm taking 25% and and putting it aside mm-hmm. um, as my salary and 10 oh sorry 5% as profit mm-hmm. and it's really interesting for me because I haven't done that before but it's still in the business account it's just like an additional yeah. account to that so I haven't actually taken it out you know I'm just right. like just in case you know yeah. I'll just keep it there I haven't drawn a salary I haven't thought to draw a salary because I guess you know, when we talk about a thinking on money, it's, will I be able to make it through regardless of how much money is sitting in the back? Yeah. The thing at the back of my mind where, mm-hmm. where it's like anything could happen. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it also comes down to not actually knowing the particulars of my budget which is ridiculous. I own a business. I should do this. But, you know, I've got an accountant and she handles and, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't know my financials the way that I should. Yeah. Yeah. The most um, probably important knowledge I ever ever gathered from the seven and eight and nine figure entrepreneurs and women who like run businesses like we're talking employees and all the things it's like they're like you have to know your numbers if you're going to grow you have to know your numbers and that's I think it was the book specifically audacity to be queen that's a really good book that one is was really powerful to hear her talk about how 
she did the same thing and she basically talked about being the difference of being a princess or a queen and like when you don't know your numbers you're being the princess and like you're just kind of la 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 and I when I heard that I don't know when I read that book two years ago or something I was like yep that's me I'm the princess right (laughs) like we've all been there like just blowing money whatever and then for me it was that was the difference in really establishing like yes my heart desires to run a business and I get to know the numbers in it because even for me being in finance it was still something I think we just avoid because we don't really want to know (laughs) what the numbers are going to tell us and at the end of the day like that's our result right that's and the meaning that we make out of that about ourselves or whatever is when we can detach the meaning we make out of it. It's like, okay, these are the numbers. These are the results. And where do I actually want to go with it? That creates this new level of possibility when we really embody, like, who do I get to be as a queen to really show up to money and really embody? Like, I know the numbers, like the back of my hand, and I trust the numbers and I trust myself to get the results that I want. That's like this next level of like embodiment with money. But I feel you. I've been there. <laughs> and I think the, the other side of the sorry, Rachel, just to mm-hmm. just to also add to this. Yeah. Is that to be honest, I don't even know where to start. Mm. I don't actually know what is the first thing. How do I know my money? Mm. Um, You know, I can see my bank account. I can see the in and out and, you know, that kind of thing. But I don't think that's enough. You know what I mean? Because it also changes on a monthly basis. So I actually, I I don't know how to to manage my money. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the gist of it. That's a good question. And I think a lot of people also, you know, they're avoidant to your point because they don't know how, right? Because they don't know where to start. So my um, encouragement would be to start with setting goals, like knowing none of the numbers. If you could just think, you know, however you want to think and create some goals around like, okay, I really want to make 10 grand a month, 20 grand, whatever the number at five grand a month, right? Create some goals for yourself around what you want to be an achievement of and then reverse engineer some of those things so what that means and what that looks like is okay we'll just use simple math if i want to make ten thousand dollars a month how many widgets how many coaching sessions how many people in your membership do you need to get to that number right what number are you at what's the gap so we'll just, again, use some easy math. Let's say 10 members equals $10,000. I know it doesn't, but let's just say that. And <laughs> <laughs> let's say that you have five members so far, so you need five more, right? And that gets you to your goal. So from a goal perspective, that's one layer of it. That's probably the easiest place to start. Yeah. Can I just yeah. jump in there? It's so funny that you like start with the money goals because as much as I've created those, Mm -hmm. my focus has been on the members Mm -hmm. as opposed to alternate revenue streams. Mm -hmm. And just when you said that, I'm like, oh, like this is, this could actually be easy. You know, I could create like a program that costs this amount of money and sell it to corporates or, you know, that kind of thing. of focusing on this is the only way I can make money. Yes. Crazy. Oh my gosh. I love that you just had that aha moment because again, so many of us are like, I can only make money this one way. And there's just Mm -hmm. so many ways. Like I did it to myself. I 
left my corporate job and the only way I thought I could make money is with coaching. And how did that look? Well, it was the way I was taught by some mentors and I could only do it that way. And it had to be on Instagram and it had to look this way. And, it, and then once I started unraveling that and like learning more from other mentors and how they did it, then I just got confused. I'm like, okay, now there's just 5 million <laughs> ways to do it. And I don't know which one I want. <laughs> oh, <be> <laughs> and then I kind of came like more recently full circle to like, how do I, I want to make money? How do I want to build community? How do I want this to look? And so in really grounding myself in what do I want that to look like, it created so much more certainty around trusting myself and how I was doing it and not listening to the noise of how everyone else is telling me it should look. And when I started to focus on that, now it's like I can make money at trading in the stock market because that's what I actually enjoy doing. I can do some coaching. I can, I, what I've been doing recently too is like turrowing my car and Turo is an app where like people can like reserve your car and my car never gets used. So I'm like, yeah, someone can rent my car for the day or the week or whatever. Like, and that's fine. And that makes money, right? Like I'm just yeah. really sitting into yeah. all the possibilities of how does money come into my world? And then mm. when we do that, it's like, oh, wow. Now, we have more fun conversations around like, and now where do I get to put the money, right? To your point around like 25% goes to me or 5% goes to profit or this much goes to paying the bills. So yeah, it's it's really about, I think to your point, creating multiple streams of income, multiple possibilities for money to flow in. And there's a definite shift when you start thinking like that. It's like, wow, there's so many ways to make money and then you kind of can trail off on like well let me make 20 ways to make money but then it's like now you're splitting your energy too many places so it's like okay somewhere between in my mind five to ten streams of income is actually at least for me feeling really good at this point but it's like getting to that point of like possibility first step right so even if you're in the between one and five great more than one is just good, right? Because I think <laughs> we just limit ourselves to this. This is the only way. Like that's very Thank limiting, you. and and um, yeah, it doesn't serve us. But yeah, I think reverse engineering numbers, creating like for your for your case, I just see so much possibility and. Um, like you're doing the accountability coaching and then there's a community membership and like, are there courses that people could take Would maybe they're, you know, just $20 courses or something like there's just so many ways to allow that to flow through um, and then, you know, get your message out there. So I don't know if that's helpful and like where to start, but. Oh my goodness. This is crazy helpful. Um, every time I speak to you, Rachel, <laughs> I feel like I just need you constantly on my zoom call right (laughs) 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 i need that i need that i think it's amazing um you've definitely opened my mind and actually made me think again about some ideas that i had previously Mm -hmm. and i think this is the other thing with with having a business you know you get so bogged down by the day-to-day you forget Mm -hmm. to think and I say this so often because I'm so frustrated about this because I don't think enough Mm -hmm. and you know I'll try create spaces for thinking Mm -hmm. but eventually I just get back into the habit of you know day to day Mm -hmm. Um, and you just you almost forget how to think 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's um, there's a couple of articles and there's probably, yeah, there's a book on it too. I don't remember the name of the book, but it talks about our levels of consciousness. So basically our awareness, right? And to your point, the thinking element, but how present and aware are we um, at different like levels of our life or however you want to describe it. And the they specifically describe levels. And I learned this also in uh, the neuro-linguistic programming training I did. Um, level two is like thinking like on a tribe level, like, okay, family, tribe, and like this kind of like all collective element. Level three is like this ability to think for yourself, right? And like the I and like, who do I get to be as a result of being a part of this tribe? And then you get to level four, which is like these systems and processes. And a lot of um, third or yeah, first world countries operate from this system level four, like to your point, like I just do the thing and this is a system and this is how I do my life. Right. And it's very, um, kind of stagnant, but it's also very comforting and very safe. Right. Yeah. People yeah. go to their job nine to five, they leave their job, go home, eat dinner, like repeat. And so it's like the systematized thing. And then in level five is really where entrepreneurship even comes into play, where it's like, now you're thinking creatively, you're thinking outside the box. Every day doesn't look the same. And my boyfriend and I were just talking about like, every day is looking very different and like, it's not very structured, (laughs) but it's like this very exciting plight. And then it's also very like uncomfortable because there's lack of certainty around it. But the Mm. more we can really raise our awareness and levels of consciousness, we can, to your point, be more creative, we can think more, we can establish ourselves more resourcefully in the world around us. Um, And then there's two more layers after that, which is like taking that and then applying it to the systems that exist in our world. And above that, it's like, and then can you be flexible enough to know and understand that every level is okay. Like there is no good and bad. And it's like this, you know, awakening, (laughs) but it's so interesting because I think the more to your point, we can step into that creativity and to thinking and to, I was just talking to my life coach earlier. So this is coming through to like, to allow ourselves to just be and allow ourselves to know and trust that the expectations we set for ourselves are valid. Because I think growing up, we set expectations, or our parents rather set expectations, and then this is the way it should be and look and all things like you described that with the money journey, right? Of, you know, it's supposed, you're supposed to buy a house with it, you're supposed to do this with it, right? And you chose a different path. So for those of us constantly choosing the, you know, road less traveled, it's really scary and exciting and all the things. So yeah, it's just a wild ride. <laughs> no, it's it's so interesting. And um, Rachel, just jumping on thinking again, it's really interesting because we actually just studied the law of thinking mm. by Bob, Bob Proctor in the, in the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and he talks about how everyone thinks they're thinking but they're not yeah brain activity is not thinking you know um and it excites me to think because then it's like oh you know all these opportunities again and i think yeah it's that 
I love the six and the seven, the seventh one specifically to say that all of these are valid and all of these are cool. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to be in, in any of these mm -hmm. because you don't feel like that. Like which level's the best? Yeah. You know, which, which one serves me the best and, and what can I achieve the most in? And when you talk about the expectations, even that, I mean, that's something I struggle with because I put such high expectations on myself. Mm -hmm. um, just because it, it just doesn't seem like it should be any less. Yeah. And I think we spoke, we spoke last week about this where it's like, you know, what's the bare minimum I can do right now? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I don't want to, I don't want to burn out. I don't want panic attacks. I don't want anxiety. I want to, I want bare minimum mm -hmm. so that my mental state is healthy. Like it hasn't been, you know, it's yeah. scary. Yeah. And when we stop and sit with, um, so something else around expectations that I kind of had an aha moment about recently was, you know, what is my expectation of myself versus what are the expectations that I am still carrying from past whatever relationships, parents, family, all friends, all the things. And I'm still yeah. holding that as my own expectation, but it's really coming from external of me, right? It's not actually coming from inside of me. It's just, I'm accumulated expectations at this point. Yeah. And so how can I actually release more of those expectations and like really tap into like my heart's desires. Like what do I truly desire? And recently I did that with um, investing in a course that I wanted to take on income trading. And I was like, this, I, I held myself like back from it because I was just like, this doesn't serve my community. This isn't really a part of what I'm doing. It, you know, I'm, I'm not helping people invest, but I wanted it for myself. And so it felt very selfish to like go down that path. And then I was like, that's what I want. Like, why am I holding my own self back? And because of some expectation that I've decided on based on like yeah. how a, running a business should look or how coaching should look or all these things, it's like, just go do the thing. And so when I finally like took the plunge, I was like, oh, this feels amazing. Like I am so much more in my own joy, my own passion, like yeah. in, in, doing that for myself and having my own growth in that. Like, it's not, it's very technical. It's not something I'm going to teach because people won't understand it, but it's like, that's for me and that's okay. And so like in following that, that's created even another source of income. So it's just like the more we tap into like that inner desire and trust it and like release all these expectations of ourselves. And to your point, like what is the bare minimum I can do to show up for and to create the same freaking result? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do that. <laughs> And then the 10 or five to 10 income streams doesn't sound as scary based on the energy, right? Yeah. So if you are putting X amount of energy or you're transferring X amount of energy or you're delegating, which is allowing you to have more energy, then mm -hmm. you have these other avenues that you can dive deeper into. I mean, one of mine is painting. Like I don't paint enough and you know, it's not, it's not income trading, you know, it's, it's something that I'm passionate about that is just for me, but it's almost started to feel like more work. Mm. And that's a crazy experience to have because it's something that I'm doing for pleasure and something that I'm doing to, to, you know, release, but 
it's me having to show up again and me having to you know create something and do something and it must finish because mm -hmm. i'm not spending ages and ages on this thing i've got x amount of time and it must be done mm -hmm. um, and it's again that expectations like Mm -hmm. you must do stuff in a specific amount of time you can't leave it yeah um it's really it's really scary sometimes when you you put that on yourself yeah yeah and the more we can like relinquish that it's it's like just mm -hmm. so much more opens up and what came through for me um recently is just like the ease like how much more mm -hmm. ease can we have when we release those expectations and when we just show up and and simply be and even in like the energy and the momentum that's created in that it's like when we show up and we are being joyful we're being passionate like that creates energy and it's easy it's not to your point like this don't learn have to do it this time and these are the expectations that these boxes essentially we're putting ourselves in constantly are creating our life and we release some of that it's just so much so much more fun and powerful and and then money gets made too somehow along the way so yeah i just encourage everyone to like release more of those expectations because the more possibility you can dive into the more money can actually be created as just a like subsequent event of finding your joy <laughs> yeah. that's a crazy understanding it's yeah. a crazy. i think i still have to move into that um, you know, the whole thing, if you build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have another client. We, we were discussing that yesterday and she's building a community as well. And she was telling me her new like course she's offering. And I was like, okay, so how are you going to market it? Do you have this? Do you have that? I'm going through this like long list of things. And she's like, no, oh, I thought if I just created it, like, they'll just buy it. I'm like, mm, <laughs> not quite how it works. And you know better. Someone will find us and discover us and it will just be easy. And yep. uh, people yeah. get it, right? Yeah. Like we automatically assume people will just get it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. We talked about that too, from an awareness standpoint, right? So like, even with your community and building out, it's like how much do people actually need more awareness before they take that leap to buy into the community? Because if they aren't even aware that they're feeling lonely or they're feeling anxiety because they aren't around people or, you know, whatever is coming up, but they don't associate it with like, oh, I should probably have more community experience. I should probably be more connected. I should probably learn something more, right? Yeah. Because we're so stuck in like, okay, this is what I have to do today. And this is whatever, right? We're just not, to your point, thinking about and being aware of like, what do I truly desire? And what can that look like? And how can it be different each and every day? So like for you, it's like, how do you get to create that awareness for people such that they truly desire like they want to be a part of the community which your community is so juicy and experiential in itself and it's all on zoom which is incredible so having that ability and capacity to share that with the world is like i think really amazing so i just love everything that you're doing it's so cool <laughs> thank you i love the reassurance it really helps i'm curious and i like to ask everyone this because uh, I think it's a really fun, it's a fun question to like to discuss. It's not really fun to feel, but what do you feel like is your,
biggest fear with money or the thing that scares you the most about money or has in the past? My ability to manage it. I think that's, I mean, we, we discussed mm-hmm. it a little bit previously, but it is that it's, um, I don't know why we don't want to know because it's not, it's going to make it better. You know what I mean? Like knowing is going to help the situation. It's not going to detract. It's going to give you that information you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I'm scared to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm scared to know the reality of what this looks like. Um, and this is business and personal. I have this fear around, I just don't have enough money. There isn't enough money. How am I ever going to do X, Y, and Z? How am I going to travel the world? How am I going to, you know, I've got a lot of expectations with regards to that. Um, And it's funny because there isn't a lack of money. Mm -hmm. There really isn't. It's not like I'm struggling or anything like that. It's just this, I don't know, fear of losing it. Um, But I'm also very aware that there's an abundance of money and that it's not the end of the world. And even if my business fails, I can easily get a job. But for some reason, it's that fear. Like, I really want to be self-sustained. I can envision what that looks like, but I'm scared I won't get there. And knowing makes me even more scared because that reality isn't where I want to be right now. Yeah. Yeah. What um, was kind of pivotal, I had a similar journey of like transitioning to maybe having more than enough, like, but just barely, right? Like, and the fear of, of losing it. And what really supported me in that was like changing my mindset around like, okay, if I'm focusing all of my attention and energy on like, how do I not lose this? Or to your point, like, how do I travel? How do I do all these st- things and like not lose money? It's like, what does it look like instead to just tell myself that I am maintaining money. I am growing money. And like, when I started to train my mind to think about like the maintenance, the growth, it's like, oh, okay. Like I can always and forever have this amount of money and more. That's what I'm available for. And then I started focusing my attention elsewhere. It was how can I have more money? Now it's like a different narrative happening in my head around like not fearing the loss, not worrying about like thinking about all the ways I could lose it. It's now like transitioning into like, wow, okay, if I do this, I can make this money here. If I do this over here, I can make this money here. But then it's like filling the gap, right? Because like we can envision it, right? So where we're at and envisioning where we want to go, but then filling the gap is the difference in, what I like to call like being a done person versus a what if person. So like if we're just constantly what if, what if we're not really filling the gap, we're just thinking about it. What, who do we get to be to create it as a a done deal? Like it's done. I'm creating this amount of money and this is what's happening this month. And when we start thinking in that capacity and like just deciding with a hundred percent certainty, no matter what this is getting done and it's hard to do because I tend to make like astronomical crazy goals for myself. So I have to be more realistic is what has to happen. Part of that process. But the other part of it is like, okay, when I do that, when I allow myself to be a done person and create certainty around, I know I can be in control of these things. These are the things that I know I can show up and do. And then I do the thing. 
then more than enough comes into play. And now my maintenance level becomes a new maintenance level, right? So it's like really, truly where we focus our energy and focus and attention goes to creating the done thing that we want. So it's just like this shift in like where we focus the energy and thoughts. It's so true. I mean, because what you think of grows, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be positive or negative. It Mm -hmm. will grow. Just the two things you said, I'm maintaining money and I'm growing money. I look at that and I'm like, but that's true. You know? Yeah. (laughs) But it's true. You know, there's, Mm -hmm. there's no, um, but perhaps in certain accounts it might not be the same thing but if I look at my business specifically like that is that is the reality yeah and I think that's the other thing it's this focus has been I need to get this money or else and you know it's not it's also not accepting the or else and I was told I'm not allowed to fail I, I was told by, by one of my community members, you're not allowed to fail. You can't fail us. And I was like, oh my goodness, can you not? That's like, sure. it's not yeah. for deep here. But for him, because he didn't have the choice, he has a family and all of this kind of thing. Failure was not an option for him. Sure. And I know that that pushes a lot of people. Yeah. But for me, the focus of if, this, if I don't get this money, then then what and the then what is not dramatic it no, isn't the end it really isn't Mm-mm. but I think it's the as, as you say the shift in thinking where it's it doesn't have to be that no you know yeah. um oh wow a new client that's amazing mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting that you know right but even those words like wasn't expecting that it's like why aren't we expecting it right like yep another one thank you universe and another one thank you and more (laughs) yes right so even in that dialogue within our head yeah yeah it's scary what we say to ourselves yeah absolutely and what i there's um another quote around like what are we really afraid of we're not afraid of failing we're actually afraid of our own success right our own light our own success how big can we get and that was so true for me for a long time because it was like if I build out this community and have to then maintain right have to maintain it then I like have all these requirements and it wasn't until I hired my first VA and then my second and my th- I was like oh this is how it works it's like <laughs> oh I don't have to do all the work right like I can actually delegate yeah you see and I've I've struggled with that the fear of, of success versus the fear of failure because I, I subscribe to that thinking that we're more afraid of our success yeah but yeah. more recently I'm like no <laughs> I'm not I am more afraid of my failure and yeah. you know I, I always say to my community like you're actually afraid of your success reality for me has been the failure side of it, because mm-hmm. I was told you have it in you to be this business mogul. I'm like, why are you putting that on me? Right. Um, and it sounds amazing. And the concept is great. And, you know, what an amazing opportunity to be told that. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was just pressure. It was just scary. Mm-hmm. And it was, but the, the evidence isn't lining up with what you're saying. In other people's mind, it might be different, you know, for other people, they wouldn't even dream of starting a business. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, that expectations Mm -hmm. um, and the goals too. I mean, you just said it, you set Mm -hmm. crazy goals for yourself. I do the same, but I don't, 
I don't know how to do it differently mm-hmm. um, because, you know, thinking across the world and thinking across the room is the same amount of energy. Yeah. So it's difficult for dreamers Mm -hmm. um, to kind of rein it in and be like, okay, realistically, this is, this is what you can do. Yeah. Because I, realism is not um, in my mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, when you're starting a business, it's the world Mm -hmm. is my oyster. Yeah. You know, I can do everything. And then when it doesn't, happen the way that you expected it to mm-hmm. it's like a kick to the head you know yeah. um mm-hmm. it's a horrible horrible feeling and i think that's the part where it's how do you think now mm-hmm. you know how should you think because sometimes the really exciting thoughts are just a bit too big for now well and it's like that thought it's like it doesn't have to be diminished but it's like okay how do you get to navigate to that vision to that dream right and then enjoying the process of that and I think for us as visionaries like yeah I just want to get there right yeah (laughs) it's like okay I'm really sitting into and Bob Proctor talks about this Abraham Hicks Mm -hmm. talks about this it's like how do I sit on the process and enjoy the process of that so not be anxious or fearful or all these other things that come up how can I be in my passion and my joy at every step of the way and that's where for me I've learned to create more of like milestones so it's like okay this is the big hairy audacious goal yes I get to have that but what are like some of the fun juicy parts that are going to happen along the way and try to navigate through that and then when I do have those milestones now it's like this celebratory process and journey to get to wherever I want to go and then it just makes it more enjoyable and releasing all these expectations around how long it takes and this and that it's just like can I just enjoy the ride and that just serves me so much more in like being at ease with wherever I'm at on that journey I love the ease Mm -hmm. I say that to to the members all the time it shouldn't be hard work yeah. You know, even the language around work, it shouldn't be hard work. It should be yeah. easy work. Yeah. You should have peace with this. It should, the, the law of, of non-resistance, it should just flow, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I know it's something I'm still learning and, and still yeah. kind of navigating. And even when you know it, you don't know it. Right, you know right. Mean? You have to like experience it. There's a new term in our household that we call plurking. So it's play working so that we we're not working, we're plurking, um, even just to change the language around how we define or look at the expectations of, of work, right? It's like, can we just call it something different so that we can remind ourselves like this gets to be fun, this gets to be an experience and an enjoyable. If you want to share um, a little bit more about your community and where people can find you in your community. Cool. So um as I mentioned at the beginning, Box Community is a virtual co-working space. We connect on Zoom. Um, we have daily activities and we do activities from actual virtual co-working with the Pomodoro technique, um, deep work sessions. We have activities which include workshops, um, Skillshare workshops from you know business skills from SEO to branding to money and finances 
to more personal development activities like um, our series on self-love, our monthly mental health conversations. Um, and then we have industry specific networkers for coaches, marketers, um, designers, so kind of across the board. And we, we're always looking to kind of um, expand those, those networkers too. Um, so we do connect, like I say on Zoom, and then we also have our accountability coaching. So that's more one-to-one -one <clears throat> goal setting activities where we touch base every second week and um, just make sure you're, you're getting on with your goals. And we've tried to make it super accessible. Um, coaching can be quite expensive and we're trying to make this accessible to the, the smaller business owners and, and the freelancers and, and creative entrepreneurs. So um, our, our price ranges are basically at a 25% discount at the moment um, from $30 to $60 um, on the 25% early adopter discount. And you can find us at boxedcommunity.com and on Boxed Community on Instagram. And, and you can also find me at Miss Nicole, miss.nicole.gray um, on Instagram too. So um, yeah, would be, would be happy to give you guys a tour of the community. And thank you so much, Rachel, for, for giving us this platform to, to kind of showcase what we're about. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the conversation and spending the time today. I really appreciate it.